This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. And I'm Laura! (laughs) You know where that's from, right, folks? (laughs) Sleeping with the enemy! Laura! Laura! Do do you remember... Okay, am I confusing it with that... um, What's that Kids of the Hall episode where there was, like, Dave Foley was talking about, like, some whale supposed to be... And wasn't the name of the whale, like... (laughs) Skora or something like that. Skora the gentle shark. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know the whole fucking song. Skora, Skora, Skora <laughs> the gentle shark. Skora, Skora, he's a killer with a broken heart. Skora, <laughs> that's what I remember. Skora. Do you think that they took that from Sleeping with the Enemy? No, no, that have it had it. to have come out before. Maybe oh. Sleeping with the Enemy took it from Kids of the Hall. Holy shit. Laura! Laura and Scora sitting in a tree! (laughs) (laughs) Um, P.S. My caffeine of choice today is Diet Coke. I was going to say, is it cocaine? Um, (laughs) Based on the last two minutes, it could have been. Yeah. Well, good for you. you. I've had, like, I had coffee really early this morning, and then I haven't re-upped, so I'm feeling a little sluggish, and I'm regretting not having a, a DC before we press play but um i actually want to talk to you a little bit about a new film that is shit in the theaters i can't believe it we're talking about a new movie this week a new movie that i've seen in the theater this is the second time i've gone to the movies in three years so i'm a little bummed because this is a tradition for us i i would say now Mm -hmm. (laughs) at this point that that we saw a John Wick film together once, and then it was so fun and memorable that we were like, now we got to do it every time. The only issue is that now we live very far away from each other, and we can't see... We we didn't see the fourth one, the one that just came out together. And I... The minute I got into the movie theater, I fucking regretted it. I was like, I can't believe I'm not here with Danielle. (laughs) Same, same same. I think we both had the experience where we were the only people in the entire theater laughing. Yes. Which is devastating. If you're not laughing through John Wick, I don't know what's going on in your heart. Yeah, that okay, that's a question I think I want to start out with, which is th- these movies are fucking funny, right? They're yeah. supposed to be funny or are we just weird? I think it's both. I think we're weird. Because the things that I laugh at are like the ex- the extra kill scenes where he's like, I'm going to shoot you in the gut and I'm going to shoot you in the head. That is the John Wick way. And every time he does it, it cracks me up. Or like when he throws an axe at somebody. Yes. From across a room. That's fucking funny. But then the, I, when I don't laugh, it's when they are intentionally trying to get you to laugh where he like makes a one word answer to a joke or something. And yes. I'm like, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at everything else. <laughs> no, the... These movies are preposterous. Come on. <laughs> like, am I the only person that thinks that? I'm Because this was no. the, the feeling that I had when I walked into that movie and sat down and watched it for three hours without you, which is that nobody thinks it's funny. And I'm like, right. do you realize this guy got hit by like 25 cars? <laughs> like, John and- Wick 4 should just be called Car Crash the Movie. <laughs> like, Car Accident the Movie. He is fucking thrown around like joe black <laughs> like but but just it there, there's no way to me that i feel like and part of the reason why i love these movies is because they're so over the top like they're completely. so over the top violence and action wise but also just like the the pomp and circumstance of them they're so goth industrial high school kid 
stuff. You know what I mean? Like the fonts, the fucking fonts. Like they're using those like ridiculous fonts for all of the captions. The the anytime there's subtitles, this like crazy like late '90s, early 2000s font comes on the screen, and I'm like, why? Every every woman in the John Wick universe, with the exception of his wife who's dead, every woman in the John Wick universe looks like like a goth wet dream for some teenage boy. Yes. Okay. So right off the bat. I loved that they continued the tradition of these like rockabilly goth <laughs> like switchboard operators for assassins. This is what's so also hilarious about the movie is they're clearly setting it in present day and they insist on going back to this weird old Victorian way of communicating. <laughs> Like, we're going to use a fucking switchboard, even though we our guns are more progressive than these fucking, this telecommunication system we have. And then we're going to populate it with women who are sleeveless and tatted up and like... They got bulletproof suits, but they're still using the radio to communicate information. And they're still using like literal like switchboard, like in a 1940s fucking movie like where people are like pushing <laughs> cords into like little holes i also love how one of those women is always 90 years old like there's always someone in the background and John, they're like your grandma i don't i don't know what she did but your grandma owes us and to be a switchboard operator until the end of fucking time and they don't even use money in this world they use doubloons like gold coins like they use the most archaic shit mixed with the most modern shit and that is hilarious it's laughing at the the specific style choices of this yes. universe that has been that has been created over the course of four films because the universe to me is like dare I say very seven deadly monkeys it's very like the guys that I went to high school with who were super into like you know goth industrial stuff you know into like typo yes. negative and fucking action Bauhaus. films and martial <laughs> arts and anime and fucking you know all this stuff and I'm like this is an entire franchise that was built with like a 15 year old high school boy in mind which is funny 100% and it's fucking hilarious it's I th- I agree with you I think it's very funny I think that I was trying to keep track in my head of like the times when I was laughing the most since nobody else was laughing in the theater And I think I cracked up the hardest when they were in the hotel in Japan and these goons show up that are part of the council, like the table. So they're the hitmen for the table, who's like the overarching, like, criminal system underworld organizer. Yes. These dudes, and you know that the suits were bulletproof, they were hemmed about five inches below the knee. <laughs> These were the biggest dudes you've ever seen in your fucking life. They were all like professional wrestlers at some point. And their pants barely, barely were, were hemmed below their knee. It looked insane. I could not stop <laughs> laughing. They're like trying to fight. And then I'm like, I would see one of the little calves kick up with that little hemmed leg. And I'm like, this is too funny. Yeah. So in John Wick 4, it's like, he okay. The, the I, it took me a while to remember the first three. I got to be honest, because I was oh, like, oh, I okay, watched them. Yeah, I watched you them watch them again. Went. Yeah, I yeah. own them because my mom made me buy them. So <laughs> I I own them, and I and I just didn't watch them before I should have. But you know, I was like, okay, so we have like the one with the dogs and and uh, <laughs> the two dogs <laughs> that are owned by Halle Berry. Then there's the dance assassin academy one you know (laughs) and then i was like okay so what's four gonna be about and it seemed to be about like he's kind of one last job in it or whatever and they're they're trying to shut down the the hotel that is owned by the guy from deadwood (laughs) (laughs) guy from deadwood ian mcshane ian Ian mcshane he's got he's got those clacking gum those fucking clacking dentures he always (laughs) Which I would never say to his face. I would never say to his face. Jonathan, Jadani, 
I'm like, are his teeth about to fall out of his fucking head? Get some fixin' or forget it. <laughs> so they're trying to shut that hotel down, or they subs- they actually do at one point, right? Yeah. Okay. So then it moves to Japan, where I guess what's his name? Like one of John Wick's like associates and his daughter. Uh, there's a whole sequence where the daughter like kind of is back and gets involved. And then she, there's like, it's basically Kill Bill. That's essentially yes. what's going to happen is that, although it doesn't actually happen, which was unfortunate, she basically has to avenge the death of her father. And then she's wearing a bodysuit. It's very like Irma Vep type of stuff. Oh, and God. then... You're like, it basically doesn't happen. It doesn't but. happen, although I wished it would. <laughs> and that's actually what I was hoping for if they actually do decide to do a fifth one is that it does turn into a Kill Bill thing where she completely comes in and gets her revenge. But then... Well, her dad is played by um, Hiroyuki Sanada, who's, like, awesome mm-hmm. and is just fantastic. And I think the actress that plays his daughter is Rina Sawayama, Mm-hmm. And they're just awesome, awesome, awesome act. Like he's just like really like stoic and like this is my hotel. And the hotel system is insane. Also in this world, like you should be laughing at the concept of like the continentals and they exist all over the world. But you have to play <laughs> pay with a doubloon. And if you fight on the premises, you're like excommunicate. Like the rules are fucking insane. Like the reason one of the hotel the continentals gets blown up because somebody had a fight there. And I'm like, are we taking this a bit too? Are we being a little too dramatic about this? Yeah, because the continental is so dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like a safe space for no one. If you're if you're checked in the hotel, you're not. If in your assassin, and people want to kill you or for whatever reason, you're they're not allowed to because it's like you're safe. You're in a ho- You're in this hotel. But then that gets kind of turned on its head in this fourth one. Oh, um, completely, completely. And then. I got. We got to talk about like because there's always a baddie. There's always like a king baddie of every um, every movie, and this time it's Bill Skarsgård. Oh my god! Was very happy to see that. Although his his character, I didn't realize was supposed to be French until like ten minutes before the movie ended. Do <laughs> <laughs> not. It's like he sounds. Dutch or Swedish or whatever national nationality oh, actually God. is. I didn't realize he was supposed to be French. <laughs> he is B- Bill Skarsgård is playing an evil Scrooge McDuck in this <laughs> movie, and you cannot pin down where he's from. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. He's wearing his fucking pocket chain and his red velvet waistcoats. And yes. he's diving in his barrels of money, and he you just don't know where he's from. He keeps talking about France, but you're like, I don't think you're you're French because listen yeah. to how you're talking. I I was right there with you. Yeah. There were moments where he sounded vaguely fat bastard and I couldn't understand why. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just I just came I, I just went to Belgium for the first time. I know that that's kind of like there's a lot of like Flemish <laughs> half French, half Dutch, half things going on. I was like, maybe this is where he's from. I don't know, but it's a very strange. It's very strange. Oh yeah. Um that I didn't know that he was supposed to be French. Same. Um, and it, yes, the waistcoats are popping. He is wearing these waistcoats like nobody's business. Um, I per- So I had to have a talk about this with my friend Eddie, who came to see the movie with me. Uh, he has He's very um, agnostic when it comes to John Wick, and he just wanted to go with me, I think, because... He felt bad. <laughs> he felt bad. I was gonna go by myself. Um, but then, like, he, he, I guess, was like, he's a huge Bill Skarsgård fan and loves that. He calls it like the the sleepy eyed guys, mm-hmm. like the guys that um, look like they have dead sleepy eyes, shark eyes. Yeah, sh- like t- he he <laughs> considers Timothy as part of this group. And yeah. I I am not typically a fan of that look of a young man. I'm not really into like the dead look. <laughs> <laughs> like the gaunt, dead, sleepy young man. I'm not 
Not really my st- my style, but... Can that be the title of this? The Gaunt, Dead, Sleepy Young Man? <laughs> yes. I'm not- There's He sent me this TikTok where it was like a, a comp reel of like all these young men that are like famous in Hollywood right now and they all look like thin, dead ghouls. <laughs> like we've talked about that the ghoul like the pete davidson like yes. look and i was like this is so not my look i'm not i don't really enjoy that personally but i actually think bill skarsgård is attractive but i he think is, it's yeah. because of the family and the whole family i i well, celebrate so as as we have mentioned in a recent ep- our recent episode i would just run through that whole family <laughs> Starting like, with the, the starting grandma. with starting with <laughs> Stellan, I would run through that family like a fucking freight train. Yeah, and he is cute in his way. And you know when I yeah. started to find him even a little bit cute is when I saw Barbarian. Yes, oh, of course, because he wasn't purposefully acting like an absolute freak. Yes, and like, <laughs> like, and dare I say, his role in Barbarian was creepier than Pennywise. One hundred percent. Because the way it's set up is that he's supposed to be this, like, nice dude that you're sharing the Airbnb with because there was a mix-up. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, okay, now they're drinking wine together. He is very cute. He's very sweet. But he is definitely going to murder this woman. Absolutely. No question. Like, Absolutely. I was like, do not get entangled with this stranger. Oh, I'm like, you can't find a fucking hotel in Detroit because there's a convention? Drive to Milwaukee. Get out of there. (laughs) Just sleep in your car in a Walmart parking lot. Get the fuck out of there. Yes. But he was very effective in being the alluring, hot, potential serial killer guy. Right? And, uh, but yeah, definitely creepier than Pennywise at moments. But then in in John Wick 4, he plays kind of like a fucking Scrooge McDuck fuddy-duddy type. Like, he's like, I want my tea and my waistcoat and my vest and my... Like, why hasn't anybody killed this guy yet? What is going on? Like, he's just... Is that type? There's definitely... Like, he he has absolutely... This character has absolutely in his life said, that's simply not how it's done. Like, he's just one of those guys. (laughs) Like, you move a curtain in his room and he's like, that's simply not how it's done. Kill that person. With the gun facing to the left. Like, he's one of those dudes. Yeah, because it's like his idea to do the duel. Am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. Okay. And I love love a modern duel because, or even, you know, a movie that's doing a duel that's set in olden times. But in the modern duel, there always seems to be that catch where people are like, well, I'll just have this dude fight for me. And you're like, wait, yeah. what the fuck? Are, what the fuck are the rules of a duel? If you could just be like, yo, you down the street, come fight for me. Yeah, like what? I'd be calling duels all over the place if somebody else could fight for me. I'd be in the post office right now calling a duel. Look, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I I was not up on the duel rules before <laughs> I saw this movie. Like I was like, is there rules? Like I. I didn't know this. I didn't realize that it was like us, like you had to be somewhere before the sun rises and <laughs> like. Well, and a lot of that is a bullshit John Wick world made up. <laughs> They're like, meet me at the Sacre Coeur at 6, 10 a.m. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, a lot of duels do happen at dawn, but not like specifically, like so specific. They're like, where they were flipping over those tiles and they're like, well, use a gun. And then they flip a tile. And if the number was higher, which I also didn't catch up on yes. to until the fucking scene was almost over. I'm like, why are they flipping these tiles? Then the last tile, I'm like, oh, his number is bigger. That's why. So they're like, let's choose our weapons. Let's choose our location. Let's choose our time. But we're going to do it in like a fucking tarot card, like a stone tarot card John Wick way. Yeah. Listen, it took everything for me not to pull up my phone during the film to like look at the dual Wikipedia page because I was just like, what are these (laughs) fucking rules? I also call into question, okay, don't get at me, dual people, okay? (laughs) If we have dual people listening to this podcast, I will fucking scream with happiness. I I would too, and I would insist that you host this podcast instead of us. Just (laughs) 
cancel this movie podcast and then just do a dual podcast because I think the entire world is waiting for this podcast. Okay, can we, can we not have both? We can have both. <laughs> we can, okay, we can have both. But we there needs to be a dual podcast. Come on. Okay. Oh my god. I call into question. Like I said, don't get on my case because I don't know the rules. I'm standing right now. Because technically, and this is a spoiler alert. I, I mean, by the way, we've already spoiled the movie for you, so it doesn't really matter. But like, um, the way in which John Wick technically won, I feel like that is not allowed. Like, you're not allowed yes. to not shoot. I, am I wrong about that? Like, you have to shoot. This is why we need the dual podcast, because I feel like you have to shoot. And although, although, I will say, to his credit... If you are shot first and you don't have a chance to shoot, which is, I think, the way he was playing it, then that still makes oh. sense to me. Okay, I got it. I get, he's like, oh, yes. you got me. You knocked me down. But I didn't get a chance I to shoot. I wasn't able to. Yeah. And and you didn't kill me. That was your fatal flaw. You didn't kill me when you shot me. You just so knocked then me down. He gets two extras then. See, that to me. Then why would you just be doing that every fucking time? This, like, this is what I don't understand. It's like, okay, well, if in a duel, I just be like, yo, shoot me somewhere. Then I get an extra bullet to kill you. But it's not an extra bullet. It's the same bullet. Because they only put one bullet in the gun. Oh, wait. Okay, now, hold on. I got to back this shit up then. Okay. So there were no extra bullets. It was just like, you shot me. I'm dead. Oops, I'm dead. And then he's like, surprise, I'm not dead. I have still have my bullet, which means I can totally shoot. However, I will say to your idea, if I were in a duel... I would play that every fucking time. Right. Because exactly. the, point, the point of the duel is you both shoot at the same fucking time. Yeah, exactly. So I would, yeah, I would always shoot the guy that made me do the duel in the first place. That's what I... <laughs> Even if he's like riding across the plains, you're like, get back here, yeah. bitch. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll fucking get you. Like, I, I understand too that like, there has to be stakes in order for the duel to start, or else we wouldn't have gotten that fucking staircase scene. Oh my God. Which, again, here's a guy who has already been hit by like 20 cars. While fighting, by the way, he was he was like in an active fight sequence while getting hit by cars, multiple cars. Then he has to run up the stairs and then he just keeps falling down the stairs. And he's like, I can't make it in time for the sun to come up so I can fucking do a duel. I'm like, where does this guy get his energy? Oh my God, that scene was so fucking stressful. Yes. I have walked those steps up to the Sacre Coeur and I felt like I was having a heart attack each time. Oh, I didn't. By the way, I just went to France recently and was in a, many of the places where they shot this. I don't do that shit. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I might do the Rocky stairs just because it's like a thing to do, but I ain't walking up a bunch of stairs all for nothing. And he kept falling. Like, he kept, when he, it was so stressful because I've like, I started to have, like my heart started to beat and I'm like, fuck, I'm having a visceral reaction to walking up those steps. Like I remember it in my body. And so when I saw him falling down the steps multiple times, I was like, you got, you got to go easy on this man. This man is 58 years old. Yes. I, don't, I don't know if John Wick is the same age as Keanu Reeves, but I'm assuming he is. He's 58 That's years right. old. He has, been, he has been through like a mega round of the game Frogger in real life. Yes, yes. The man has been shot. He's been hit. He's been thrown through the floor. And then he gets kicked down the steps. And it was very stressful for me to watch. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that just that whole sequence of him getting like a almost there and then he just falls on his ass. Ugh. Tumble, tumble, tumble. I was like, he's but not going to make it by dawn. Let's just say that. He was pushing it. He thought he had it locked and he was pushing it. Um, but I want to back it up because the staircase scene features a very prominent actor in this film that we have to discuss. And that person is Kane, who was played by Donnie Yen. Mm -hmm. And Donnie Yen is actually like a mixed martial artist and he's a, a like an MMA choreographer. Um, mm -hmm. But so but he's also been like a very prominent martial artist, mixed martial artist. And his role in this movie is so 
fucking over the top and I love it. And he's what I call a confusing villain because that's something that this this movie does more than any other installation of John Wick does. You're never quite sure beyond evil Scrooge McDuck. You're never quite sure who's bad and who's good mm-hmm. in certain factors. And you're like, wait, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And Kane is riding that line all throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. But he is blind. He has a cane sword. His role is to kick ass in this movie. And that is what he does. And it is absolutely fucking hysterical. I know. I gotta say, so my mom and dad saw this in the movie theater. I was very proud of them. Very proud. That's incredible. Yeah, they don't see movies in the theater often. The last one they saw was the Joe Coy movie because of the Filipino connection, of course. Like the Easter movie? Yes, Easter Sunday. That was the, the last movie they saw in the movie theater. They saw it the weekend it came out. Like, it's only pretty much... Asian shit. Like, they they don't come out for anything but Asian stuff. Uh, (laughs) And I would say even that is very, very sparse. Um, But my mom is a huge Keanu fan, obviously, and she wanted to see the John Wick movie in the theater with my dad. My mom fucking knew who Donnie Yen was. Like, she was like, I love Donnie Yen. I've loved him (laughs) from even back in the day. And I was like, what? Your mom is so cool. Like, how does this... How does this woman know? Like, she, like I was so fucking pleasantly surprised that my mom knew who he was by name. Yes. That is and fucking his, cool. I know. That is so cool. And then he's so good in the movie, too. Because that's, like, the whole thing, too, is that, like, the, during this scene on the stairs, his maneuvering is phenomenal. Like, I'm Beautiful. just like... I know. love watching him fight. Like, he's another yeah. one that I'm like... You know, when he was going through the kitchen in the beginning and the Continental and like, I just, I like, I like people who fight very well and are very yeah. well choreographed in fighting so that they make it look very easy and natural. And he's yeah. just amazing to watch. He's hilarious and just wonderful. He's has a perfect place in the John Wick universe. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, but that brings me to another thought, which is... Without completely spoiling the ending mm. and just kind of setting it up for the future of the John Wickiverse, do you think there should be spinoffs or do you think it should only be Keanu? I mean, look, I this is this is as close to a Star Wars as I'm gonna ever experience. <laughs> like this and the Magic Mike movies. Let's get serious. <laughs> These are two film franchises that I've bought into in such a severe way that if they were going to do a fucking Mandalorian type of shit with some character from John Wick, I'd go. I'd be, like, subscribing to any stupid streaming service to watch this, like, exclusive spinoff. And, like, if they did a show... (laughs) If they did a show that was, like, a true Beverly Hills for all of the switchboard operators, fuck it. I'd be there. Like, come on. I would watch the show that's just Lawrence Fishburne yelling at birds. <laughs> I would watch the young, like, the, the young Bill Skarsgård, like, teenage French fuddy-duddy royalty guy show. Like, whatever. That is that is good, too. Because I do think, like, as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, Kane needs a spinoff. And then the end happened, and I'm like, do I want spinoffs? I don't know. Yeah. Oh no. I I would already tell you right now if the fifth John Wick movie was so was like it had very little Keanu and it was mostly about you know who, Shimazu's daughter or whatever. <laughs> yes. Like doing her fucking Kill Bill style revenge type shit. I would watch it. Completely. I would still watch it. So I would too. And I also felt like her story wasn't as well, like it wasn't as followed through as well. Yeah. So I wanted more. I was hoping she would come back and we'd get to see more of her. So I would do a spinoff with her all day long. Yeah. I would fucking, yo, if they had an entire show about that tracker guy and his dog. Ah! (laughs) Okay. We have to talk about him next. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
I mean, would you not watch the fuck out of that show? One hundred percent. And that actor, yes. uh, Shamir Anderson, and I did not know who he was for watching this. And I was, had Neither. the same exact thought. Like, please put him and his dog in every fucking thing you can. Like, I want that spinoff so much. Yeah, if they had... If they if that dog hosted the puppy bowl, like let's <laughs> let's get this dog in everything. Let's get him and the dog. I if there were action figures of the tracker and the dog, I'd be like in it. I would buy one for the shelf and then buy one so I could take it out of the package. Like honestly. And he would have one of the, like the voice boxes that just said nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever the the toy of the tracker says nuts, the little dog starts running his legs. <laughs> like that's yeah. the key for the dog to take off. Yeah, and his his little backpack has a like a a beer in it. Like, dude. I love it. When there was that one scene where he was just sitting on the bench, kind of watching the action and just laughing. And I'm like, this is fucking great. Yeah. That that's what we should have been as citizens of the world watching this film. Uh. We should be cracking a beer. Watching this fucking shit go down, laughing. Yes. I can't stress to you enough how little laughter there was in this movie theater. And I was so upset. And I feel like my laughter, I would feel like people were like complaining about me afterwards, like walking to their cars being like, there was this crazy bitch who just kept laughing at every fucking thing and she ruined the movie for us. And I'm like, your silence oh ruined the movie for me. Exactly. How about that? I, I I was I already was going in hot because I paid for my t- I got my ticket before I got to the theater and I booked a seat way in the back where nobody else was sitting. Right? So it was a small yeah. theater, but it was like the back, and I'm like, all right, this will be cool. Even if people come in, I'll feel all right. And I had my mask, of course, but I also had popcorn. <laughs> so I sat in the back, like, whenever I want to shove my popcorn in my face, I'll be safe. I am not kidding when I tell you that, like, 15 people came into the theater and they sat all around me. Oof. So when the last person came and sat right next to me and she was, like, ha- trying to be, like, make small talk, she's like, haha, it's so funny that they sat us all together in the same row. And I grabbed my shit and I was like, actually, it's annoying because I picked this seat so I wouldn't have to sit next to anybody. So I'm yeah. moving. And she looked at me and I was like... Sorry, I didn't mean that like to come out on you, but like this is fucking annoying <laughs> at this point. They picked their damn seat. Didn't exactly. they see that somebody was sitting there? See, that's the thing, is that like when people are like walk up and be like, Oh, I didn't know I was sitting next to you. I'm like, no, 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 bitch. My sheet, my seat was shaded. Exactly. So you made a choice to sit that close to me in this theater exactly. that holds 700 people and there are five people here. Give me Thank a you. Which is a creep fucking move. It is a creep move. Oh, my God. Thank you. So I was already coming in hot, and I had to move my seat, and I'm like, I don't even get to sit where I want to sit to see John Wick. And I was kind of off to the side. I was just, I went in hot. I went in hot. But the other thing about this theater experience and the fact that people were not laughing just raised the temperature a little bit more for me about how lame it was to go see this movie without you. Yes, I swear to fucking God, the day that I went, it was raining. But the theater is has been newly refurbished. Yeah. So at one point, I hear what sounds like a bunch of trickling rain coming down from the ceiling. And I'm like, that can't be true. Like, this theater was just completely redone. Like, during the pandemic, that's what they did with their time. One of these fucking ghouls was peeing <laughs> into a cup. <gasps> I almost lost my fucking mind. People do not know how to be people anymore. Okay. Well, you're not on a road trip across America. You're in a movie theater that has a bathroom. Even if you are on a road trip, stop the car, get out, and go somewhere where I don't have to hear you fucking pee. That is depraved behavior. I was shocked. I was like, it was the most pearl-clutching moment I've ever had in my fucking life. And it's, I've, that's only happened to me one other time I've been near someone who was, like, peeing into a vessel. And it was when I was driving from Alaska to Rhode Island in February in the middle of a fucking blizzard. And yeah. my ex was like, 
I have to pee, but if I go outside, I'm pretty sure my dick will crack off from the cold. <laughs> so he peed into like a big water jug. Totally That's fine with me. That's because it's you and your husband. Yeah, totally fine with me. This not motherfucker? you in a in a room full of strangers. Like, yeah. do not take your dick out around people you do not know and people you do know sometimes. Thank you. It is movie going 101. No one should be looking at your dick. Oh, man. It was, it felt like so grimy. God, <laughs> so, so It was just like horrible. So I actually saw John Wick 4 twice because I'm like, I have to redo this experience. I yeah. clearly have to go to the first matinee on like a Wednesday. Yeah. And when all these assholes are at work and I can sit where I want to sit and not be surrounded by these fucking monsters. Yeah. No, I'm going to take another crack at it, too. Just because it feels like, I mean, it it was fine when I saw it. I mean, I was just bummed that I was the only person who thought it was funny. And it it did make me realize I don't want to see anymore without you. But it was that totally. thing of like, you know, I want to see it again just because... It was so entertaining. Like, this franchise is so fucking entertaining. I'm like, uh, there's like little to no people in my life that get it besides like you, my friend Matthew, and I guess Eddie. I guess Eddie has been indoctrinated, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, he did think it was really funny that he kept call they kept calling him excommunicado. He was like, <laughs> who created that? And I'm like, welcome to being a John Wick fan. Is the, who created <laughs> that? Why did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> the who nature came- of this franchise. So I who who came up with that should be one of the tattoos on his back. <laughs> who came up that with he that? Gets, <laughs> that he gets in like the the academy. The uh, <laughs> Angela- Angelica Houston Angelica like Houston. gives him that tattoo. <laughs> also, I forgot that this motherfucker until I watched the third rewatched the third one before I was planning to go see four. I forgot this motherfucker didn't have a finger. Like, he lost a finger in three. So when he shows up in four, and again, he shows up out of the gate insane. He's, like, riding a horse, missing a finger, shooting at somebody with a handgun in the desert. <laughs> I just say that sentence to yourself and be like, yeah, this is a nuts world that we're in. Comes I know. out of the gate insane. But yeah, I totally forgot he had no finger until at one point he landed on the ground. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have a finger. I did not catch that at all. That is so observant of you. I didn't I didn't catch it at all. Well, and Amazing. there was also somebody at the Continental when Lance Reddick was checking them in. R. And R. they King. didn't have a RIP King. When they when I saw the movie dedication to him, I definitely choked up. Oh, I know. It's so sad. He is such a great actor. Oh, such a great actor. But yeah, there's somebody checking into the Continental that doesn't have a finger, is missing the ring finger too. Ooh, see, I need to be paying attention more. And then Amish I was just Ann's trying like, to police hush, hush. everyone around me. <laughs> That's like, the laugh. problem is that I was I was trying to police all these people for not laughing. Uh, well, I here's what I would suggest. If you're going to see it again, I will see it a third time. You know me. I will give all my movie-going money to John Wick till the end yeah, of time sure. if it was up to me. Let's try to each go to a showing where we're the only ones in the theater and then we can FaceTime. Oh, yeah. I would Done. love that. Give it like two more weeks. Yep. Maybe there's like one showing a day or something like that. Exactly. I you would know? love it. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, do you want to get into a couple of pieces of mail we've received? I actually do. Okay. Uh, well, um, I'm also glad that we had gave ourselves space to talk about Jordani. Oh, I know. Listen, we we will always hijack the first 30, 40 minutes of an episode to talk about John Wick. Always. I'm... I love that that is something I share with you, by the way. It's very Completely. special to me. It is, it is truly special to me as well. Like if I, I'm going to send you a locket and you're going to be on one side. It'll be like John Wick on one side and me on the other. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let me. I'm going to read the first one. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, so this is a letter from Valerie. She goes by she, her pronouns. And the title of it is, Who Did You Want to Be? Hi, Millie and Danielle. I have a truly burning question. I'm dying to know what movie character you wanted to be when you were kids. Childhood me can think of no character more glamorous than Liesl von Ruman in Death Becomes Her, as played by Isabella Rossellini. A life of being young, rich, beautiful, and evil, all while being waited on by Fabio-esque butlers in velvet pantaloons? 
a mansion, a bejeweled halter top, randomly stabbing Hollywood royalty, practically a serpent woman, the height of luxury. I won't lie, I still totally want to be her. I would love to hear who both of you wanted to be and who you might like to be now. Thanks for all the laughs, Valerie. Aw, thanks, Valerie. What a good question. Um, do you have an answer? Uh, yeah, I have a couple, actually. Ooh, I want to hear. Okay. So I was thinking about childhood. I, I wanted to be any woman who was older, basically, <laughs> but I'll just throw that out there. A couple of things, like right off the bat, I loved uh, Jennifer Beals in Flashdance. I was like, I wanted to live in a warehouse uh, and and be a, da- a professional dancer. I think you understand why. I also loved, and I, and I haven't seen this movie as an adult, so you'll forgive me if there's something that I'm missing here, but I also wanted to be like Gina Davis in Earth Girls Are Easy. I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> I have and I also loved, not seen it since I was a kid, so I do not know if it's problematic or what. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it is. Let's get serious. But listen, we got to try to bring that movie to the podcast at some point because I really do want to see it again. But oh, totally. I remember I just loved like her and like Julie Brown. Like I loved like women who had their own apartment and were like, fun and wore funky outfits and shit. And it's also why I think my third answer, which is very obvious because I've said it in a previous episode, but Melanie Griffith and Working Girl, I I definitely wanted to be her. Uh, But that's pretty much who, those are like women I definitely wanted to be as a kid. What about you? All all of that tracks, by the way. All of that tracks. (laughs) Thank you. Glad to be consistent. Oh, separately (laughs) and together, it is like Millie all around. I love it. I love it. Um, I What's wild is I knew from a very young age that I never would be glamorous. So I never had any of these, like, Isabel Bella Rossellini <laughs> fantasies. Yeah. Like, I knew who I was at a very young age. So it will not surprise you to know that one of the women I wanted to be was the Lily Taylor character in um, Say Anything, where she plays a guitar and sings about her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> And I'm like, I want righteous anger. And then I became her, and it was very sad. (laughs) Oh, no. Same with my other choice, which was Bridget Fonda in Singles. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, I just want to live on my own and go and see music and date a musician. Then I became that bitch. And (laughs) be careful what you fucking wish for is all I learned from this experiment of wishing you could be like a movie theater, a movie character. (laughs) Yeah, because both times it was devastating to my life. (laughs) Yeah, those are the two that instantly sprang to mind. Is like I wanted to be like cool and have an edge and be at parties and uh, I just I should I should have had higher aspirations for myself. If I had aspired to be a Liesel von Ruhmann, maybe my life would be different. Yeah, see, that's I think the yeah because I I feel like too my my ambitions were so. Like, I just wanted my own apartment? That yeah. seems so depressing. <laughs> like, if sky's the limit, like, what about being a princess? What about being, like, the princess right. from Princess Bride? No, I just want to be a woman who lives on her own. Yeah. You like, spent, like, a well, notch. mission accomplished. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> All we did was dream a notch above where we currently were. <laughs> I'm not trying to be Jasmine floating around on a fucking carpet. I just want to have a guitar and go to a party. That was my actual, like, that was something I fantasized about as a kid. This is bleak. Low stakes. Low stakes. Well, thank Um, you, Valerie, for sending in that question. I'm sorry that we just had very basic answers. (laughs) Nothing nearly as glamorous as your incredibly great choice. But yeah, just bare bones for me. I am going to read the next email, which is new FMK. Hey, Millie and Danielle. The only greater joy than hearing you talk movies is hearing you talk 90s music. Loved the Sublime discussion during this week's episode. I laughed so hard. It got me wondering how Sublime holds up among a couple of other highly polarizing 90s fans. It was worth noting that my brain first went to 311 and not Fish, an idea which Millie blew up moments later in the episode, (laughs) adding even more delight to my listening experience. 
As always, thanks for the perspective and the laughs. Cheers to spring and hearing you both kill Dave Matthews candy. (laughs) What? So your FMK choices are Sublime, Dave Matthews Band, and Fish. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sick to my stomach right now. (laughs) Actually, okay. This... uh, now, I'm I'm looking at this on the outside thinking, this makes me sick. But then I'm also like, you know what, though? There have been... There have been bands even worse than these bands that have come out since the heydays of any of these bands. Oh, like, completely. If you, if, you, if you guys don't do this, by the way, if you send this email to us, I will put it in the trash can. An FMK that has something to do with new metal, if you guys did that, I would delete it. We would I not will not read it. I will not choose to marry any new metal band. No. Um, don't, and also, like, these bands are, are shocking. Like, I definitely had a jolt when I read this. Like, oh, no. But then I, I did the same thing where I thought, well, there's bands out there like LFO or Five Seconds of Summer. It could be worse. It could always be worse. It could be a light, funky one. <laughs> Always that's, remember that. That's going to be my code from now on. If I'm in trouble, I'm going to text you. Light funky one. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. like everybody in that band except for one guy. Did I you know. know it's so sad. Dude, wild. Wild. So you can always count on me to really bring it down to a depressing level on this <laughs> podcast. Okay, so here, here's what I'm going to do. Okay? I'm actually going to turn Candy out right now. <laughs> Because I'm actually going to fuck Dave Matthews' band. Um, And I don't know why that is, other than they seem to be into jazz. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? (laughs) That people who are into jazz would be good in bed? I don't know if I think that. Maybe I do. So, yeah, I guess I would bang out the Dave Matthews' band. Now, I don't actually know too, too much about this band, but for whatever reason, I would marry Fish. I I think they're consistent. I don't consistently around. I don't know what if that means anything. Like, oh, you play a lot of shows. People seem to record them all. Maybe they're that's a good partner. I don't know what that means. What are the metrics for FMK anymore? I don't know. All I know is that I would definitely kill Sublime. Excellent. That feels very, very uh true to me. So that's how I would answer this. What about you? Guess what? We have the same lineup. Whoa! I'm going to fuck the Dave Matthews band just because there's a lot of them. There's options. I feel like (laughs) I can fuck washboard guy. I could fuck tin whistle guy. Like you just, whatever the fuck. I could fuck (laughs) Emmett Otter. Like whatever the fuck's going on in there. (laughs) It just gives you more choice if you fuck Dave Matthews band. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to marry Fish for a couple of reasons, because I also don't know a lot about the band, but the few friends I do have that listen to and follow Fish are very good people. Yes. Okay. And I feel like they're good people still. Like, to this day, they just kind of inhabit an ethos that makes, you know, they want the world to be better, and I just really respect that. Yes, Um, yes. And also, Fish travels a lot. Yeah, so oh, be, yeah, we know you. Oh, yeah, if I'm if I'm marrying them, one, I'm happy because they're never in the house. They're, like, they're always, always on the gone. road. Or I'm going with them. I'll be like, go do your five-hour show and be at the hotel watching some British murder mystery. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you in the parking lot for grilled cheese tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Perfect for me. Perfect. Yeah. So even without knowing much about their music, I really like uh, their fan base. And... um they just seem like cool. They'd be cool people. It would be a nice lifestyle if I married Fish. Yeah. And See, you, that's kind of like what I was alluding to earlier, which is right. that there's, to me, I think my I think it, my anger towards a band like Fish is not as much as a bit like it is towards a band that's much more aggressive and annoying. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. I, yeah, I have no anger for Fish. They're just out there doing their thing. has no impact on my life. It's just not for me, and that's fine. Right. I'm okay with that. 
And you know I'm fucking killing Sublime. I'm not only killing Sublime, I'm coming up with new ways to kill Sublime. (laughs) I'm digging up bones and crushing them into dust and sprinkling them from the sky down into a fucking pit of vipers. Like, I'm coming up with new shit to kill (laughs) Sublime. (laughs) Candy, I truly appreciate that you wanted to give us your point of view that you would kill Dave Matthews, but you know for a fact that we're not coming close to killing anyone but Sublime. Yeah, I I feel like there's a reason why we both answered in the exact same way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, we love the we love the emails. Please keep them coming. You can do so at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And like I said, if you send us an FMK that has anything to do with new metal, Danielle can answer it. In fact, I would I would almost insist that she answer it and I opt out completely just on principles and morals. No, That's solidarity. Solidarity. I would never. I would never. <laughs> Absolute solidarity. Um, But you can find us on our social media at I Saw Pod on Instagram and Twitter if you want to keep talking about this. That's right. And we have merch. Go to the I Saw What You Did section of the Exactly Right Shop. And this is a bonus. You've been listening to a bonus this whole time, um, which are now the new ones are dropping every third Thursday of the month. We're on a schedule now. And the old ones are starting to trickle out onto the main feed. So you're just going to get a bunch of bonus content. You'll get a bunch of a million NI in your in your ears at least two or three times a week now. Yeah, people really loved the uh, Magic Mike discussion, the last bonus. Yes. So it was, it was really fun. That's kind of like a place where we can talk about like newer stuff that we've been watching and just stuff that really doesn't m- come on the uh, main feed episodes. So. Exactly. And your letters, of course, your letters. Of course. Well, as always, Danielle, fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. Every time. Every time. You are definitely not excommunicado in my heart. You are, as Shania Twain would say, still the one. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel, artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.